Sheffield and Company, live from NBA Summer League at the Thomas and Mac. Big five of five. It's coming up in a couple of minutes. Five o'clock hour here for Cofield and Company. Uh, now we have to change the name. This is the, this is the issue that I was discussing because we were live yep. in the Thomas and Mack Center uh, for Summer League. You never know who pops up. Adam Hill has popped up. Adam, we were discussing uh, that you call your shows Hill and the Homies, right? Sure. Hill the Homies edition. So well, we I couldn't stop, but then it was requested again. I think Willie wanted it back. So we were discussing what we call the show when I'm in charge. We stumbled upon Van Tobo y Los Vatos, but the problem is <laughs> okay. uh, you have uh, nary a speck of Hispanic blood well, in your body. I mean, I've been in Mexico more than you two combined. This is true. Say a word in Spanish. I'll literally be in Mexico in like 36 hours. Can you say a word in Spanish? Hola? Okay, terrible. He he could have said no, and he he, he would have said so. So It's it's actually one of my favorite bits on the the TV show American Dad. Como se dice? There you go. I like it. Uh, One of my favorite bits in the American Dad, they have a a, a Hispanic woman up on on the stand in a trial, and they ask her a yes or no question. She responds no, and they say, ma'am, in English, please. Solid. <laughs> well, there was the the anchor man. You, saw, you yeah. know the anchor man bit when he just goes on this long rant and, te- and like explains everything, explains the world to him. He goes, "I'm sorry, I don't speak Spanish." <laughs> You're speaking English. It's great. You know what else is great? The Big Five and Five. Let's do it, Art. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Now it's actually perfect time you showed up for the Big Five at Five because number five is right up your alley. Zach Wilson week continues. Uh, yes. Zach Wilson has broken his Instagram silence after uh, a few days, posting up an Instagram picture of him in action with some of his teammates. Uh, when you said in action, I thought that you were going somewhere not else. Not that kind of action. Uh, with the caption, uh, phone didn't have service up in Idaho. Did I miss anything? Yeah. Poor cell service. What I miss yeah. is what he says. But this is as good as a, a post as he could have put out, right? It is. But there's potentially more. One of his teammates commented on it. Did oh, you no. see this? Oh, no. The response to it was, this caption isn't as good as the other one. So he had a different one planned, apparently, yeah. and decided to roll with this one instead. I was hoping he would throw out a picture of, like, Finch from American Pie. Yeah. Is that too old for you? Stif- you, you no, Stiffler's mom, something. Yeah. 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 Finch. It was Finch that I think got with Stiffler's right. mom. Right. Well, and then and then they've had so many remakes where they had American Pie, then American Pie 2, and then they did American Wedding, and then they did American Reunion where they all returned for the high school reunion. The money grab. They're married. Oh, no, it's worse than that. But go where you're going to go. I'll tell you something else. Stiffler at the end where they – at the dance, at the end he's standing there and – a woman walks up and says, have you seen Paul Finch? And it's his mother played by. Wait, which you're talking about in reunion or wedding? Reunion. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, and now her. Why reaction- are you such an expert? So you were asking me because you didn't know that. Not that you were quizzing me. Oh, no, no, no. I was asking you. Okay. Uh, but no, but her name did escape me. But that's not why I was asking you. I thought you, I was going to lead you into it because you said. Because I thought you saw that movie. But I did. Oh, okay. I just don't remember the name. But, but, but to John's point about the money grab, you mentioned all the movies in the actual linear universe of American Pie. They also, like, farmed the name out 
to American Pie Presents Summer Camp. Oh, uh, yeah. Like yeah. all these other American Presents Pie Presents. Yeah. yeah. So Finch's mom, played by Rebecca De, De Mornay, and she gives the risky business line to Stifler. goes, are you ready for me, Stifler? Like she gave to Tom Cruise in Risky Business, and they head right. out to the lacrosse field. So, yeah, there's, there's – uh, there's a and of course that was one of the immediate memes that was put out there. Oh yeah, right. there's a Stifler mom, and then some of the shirts were fantastic. Throwing bombs, bombs and moms. It, yeah, I don't know if you guys do this, but like when there's a funny story, and everybody's tweeting about it, and you want to send out that, ah, oh, this is a good one. Yeah. Oh, I got a good one. Yeah. I'll search it first. Yep. To make sure nobody yep. else did it first, and somebody did. Not only had somebody done it, it was trending. Yeah. The joke I was going to make, which obviously is not a very good one, but it was in the middle in the middle of a fog of waking up to this news. Right. It was tre- Zach Milson was trending. Zach Milson, yeah, makes I was sense. Like, well, this is nuts. This, by the way, this this corroborates it, right? He totally did this. A hundred percent, he did yeah. this. It's it, it, and I feel bad for Adam with stuff like this because I mean, first you got he comes up with ideas like this and it's taken. He comes up with ideas. Don't bring that, up or, don't, don't bring up that person's name today. Okay. Okay. It's infuriating. What happened? Nothing. Oh, I'll, I'll so John here. I'll tell you since the, the listeners have to hear it again today. <laughs> Did you see how much traction Arash got for the tweet about the WNBA All Star idea? No. Okay, hold on, Ari. Ari, where are you? Let's just go. Let's just <laughs> let's just four. make this. Yeah, number four. <laughs> number four, Adam. Arash, our good friend of the show. Not anymore. Uh, you say that. I've never met or talked to the okay. guy. Actually, I do have an Arash story. I'll tell you in a moment. Go. <laughs> uh, send out a tweet saying. Hey, they really should make the WNBA All-Star game kind of incorporated into Vegas Summer League. You do it on the Saturday, the Sunday, all the all the NBA dignitaries are here. Make it a real event with all these celebrities courtside. It would be great. This would be awesome. It blew up. Blew up. LeBron, LeBron retweeted him. LeBron retweeted him. Quoted Sabrina, it. Yeah. Sabrina Nescu was, was weighing in on it. It's a great, it is a great idea. I would agree with him, right? Because you came up with it? Yeah, it's my idea. At dinner, the, at dinner the night before. At dinner. No. And then he throws it on Twitter and gets all the credits. Okay, so I know you have this weird joking relationship with him. It's over. This is really serious. Yeah. This yeah. is a serious theft. It's bad. Yeah. This is an absolute theft. I'm glad I did what I did to him. What did what'd you do? So there was, you know how you know how Chris Paul used to have his uh, his uh, table tennis tournaments out here? Yes. So they have the red carpet, right, where you come down and all the celebrities come up, whatever. So at the one that I went to, um, with our old buddy, by the way, Rest of Power, Mike, uh, Mark Seidel, um, they have sections of the red carpet for media, and they're labeled ESPN. I'm pretty young at this point. I think I'm like 23. Like, it's like one of my first years doing media, right? So I'm like, oh, ESPN, that's me. Arash Markazi comes up at one point. I'm interviewing people, and he, and he tries to take the – told him that. ESPN. I was like, I'm ESPN. Get out of here. Told him to move over. We're supposed to have dinner tomorrow in L.A. Oh, boy. oh yeah? Do I, do I just no-show and not even say why? <laughs> I mean, look, you're not going to. LeBron quote-tweeted it. Of course. You're right. you, either that or you show up and you don't say a word for the first five, ten minutes, and he's got to figure out, what, what's, why are you being so quiet? Says, because you, every time I say something, you steal my idea. Yeah, you, slam, you slam those. Here's the thing. Yeah. And then you let him have it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like that. I'm just going to let it go. Um, all right, I'm going to hide that. I'm going to hide that. Number four. <laughs> I'm hijacking number three because um, we have some more Golden Knights moves. Okay. Riley Smith. I guess the Patriotty trade pays off because Riley Smith, $15 million over three years with a $5 million cap hit. Adam, thoughts on today with the Golden Knights? Well, that's th- this is not 
It's somewhat related. They obviously need to make some room, but it's not totally related because that they had that amount of money. They had five point two million. So if he's signing for five, that's exactly where they would have been. Now that would have left them no space for any of the other unrestricted for or excuse me, restricted free agents they have, right. and no moves outside the organization. So they clearly were just trying to clear space for other things. But this, there was reports out kind of surfacing last night that this had been agreed to, that they had a, a handshake agreement that he was going to come back and resign. Uh, th- so they cleared that that space out. It kind of was a decision there, Riley Smith or Max Pacioretty. I mean, that's not a straight one-for-one, but uh, you could, if you could only bring one back, it sounds like they, they decided to go uh, with Riley Smith, who's more, who's not as explosive, not quite the goal scorer, of course, as Max Pacioretty, one of the greats to do it, uh, but more consistent, more reliable, uh, maybe does a little bit more all around for you in a you know up up and down the ice game. Uh, so you know it, it makes some sense for sure, and uh, there are a lot of fans that obviously want to you know embrace the past and you understand that part of it and so one of the original knights kind of staying in the mix uh makes some sense from that perspective as well so in the last two seasons the golden knights have gotten rid of the vesna winner and their goal scoring leader all right get over and it. i have no problem with it <laughs> get, get over it. he's gone i have no problem with it yeah, that's right yeah uh yeah and I, I if you would have asked me who they're who they're going to purge from the roles good word to make space if they were going to do that i think max patrick was going to be among uh, the leaders for that. I mean, he is a. Uh, there's no question. He still scores goals very consistently. Yeah. He does that very well when he's on the ice. Hasn't happened consistently enough the last couple of years, uh, and I, I think he is slowing down to a point uh, that maybe you see the writing on the wall that he's not going to be able to, to consistently produce uh, at that same level the next couple of years. But uh, yeah, the, the moves make some sense. I know you know there's a lot of mocking and joking around the world and VGK Twitter about. You know, giving away these players for nothing. How many players have they given away for nothing the last couple of years? Several, but this is what you do when you're tweaking the roster. You're staying right at the limits of the cap and trying to put the most competitive team on the ice. Uh, they're going to be aggressive, and that's how they're always going to operate. Willie has told me to move on to number two, but my pride says oh. that I'm the leader. Oh, yeah. I was just I so was... I have decided that we're going to move on to number two. Okay, okay. number two. <laughs> All right, so we've moved around a lot here. I'm tired of lists, so I mean, we can talk. Do you really want? You sent this in. The NFL's best wide receivers in the red zone from the 2021 season, Adams and Renfro, among the best in the National Football League. I just, I found, I needed Raiders stuff to send in on my organizational chart that you you appreciate. So I I threw that in there, and and it did stand out a little bit. You know what? I I I get the little newsletter or the whatever, the email from Pro Football Focus, and yeah, that was today's email that I got, ranking the NFL's best wide receivers in the red zone, as you mentioned. And uh, Adams is fifth. Renfro is seven, and I so will it say, stood out that two of the top seven. At, at the very least, this is a list that is based on like production and like numbers, and right. you know you can actually put it out there because it's an actual ranking. It's not the ridiculous July, which right. is like here's the best clutch receivers in the National right. Football League. Here's the receivers that I would draft. Start with the letter A. Like it's something like all of these ridiculous lists that we have seen at this point. I'm getting sick of it. So at least it's something based in statistical information. Well, and we've this is the point we made every day. Like like you're saying, it's it's my big rant about this. What you happen when there's no other news, and that's what you have to talk about. People get mad. But the ESPN one is again. I think there is an important distinction between a lot of people are just putting out their own lists, and PFF obviously doing by their scoring and their okay. grading system. But the ESPN one is somewhat interesting, at least in that they poll league executive scouts, uh, players, and coaches. Uh, at least 50 of them to come up with their lists, and they're putting out one position per day. Yeah. Now, obviously, the talk this week was the quarterback list that they put out the other day. Uh, no Lamar Jackson in the top 10, no Derek Carr in the top 10. 
Uh, all the discussion that went along with that, people putting Deshaun Watson there and people getting frustrated about that. ESPN did put their receivers out list out today. Devontae Adams number one. And that is a ranking of coaches and players and everybody else. So uh, that, that that is somewhat relevant. Like, again, when somebody's not in the top ten, you don't get worked up. But I think it is kind of a nod to the – um, to the greatness of a player when they are ranked number one by their peers and people that are around the league, and that's the vote that they had. And I think important to also note that ESPN did point out they didn't put the voting out, but they right. did say more than two-thirds of respondents picked Devontae Adams number yeah. one. Yep. Yeah. They should put the voting out. Come on. Well, you don't have to put names next to it. Here's why they don't, I think. If you read deep into the into – the, if you do a deep dive into their scoring system, which of course I did because I'm a nerd like that, they do the voting, and a, there's a lot of ties. And they break the ties by their own tape analysis and by calling certain people back and saying, hey, uh, between oh, this guy and this boy. guy, who would you who would you put? So I, I think if you actually put out the voting, there might be a little bit of, not controversy, but people would say, wait, what? I don't get this. Why is it tied? And he's ahead of him. There are some tiebreaker scenarios there that they use that I don't think they necessarily want to put out there just because it might confuse people or make people annoyed and get caught up on that instead of the actual rankings. But uh, very cool, I think, for Devontae Adams to be there. And by the way, all the great talent in the AFC West, do you know how many AFC West receivers were in the top ten? One, Devontae yeah. Adams. Oh, yeah, duh. Tyreek Hill's gone. They meant outside of Adams. Keenan Allen didn't make it. Yep. So I think pretty interesting that it's great talent that people talk about in the AFC West. No other receiver made the top ten. Number one. You got 15 more minutes? 10 more minutes? Sure. All right. You're going to stick around. I've demanded it. So we have um, the latest update, and we'll talk about this on the other side, Ari, in terms of uh, Henry Ruggs, uh, a judge denying the motion to exclude his uh, BAC level. Also a big piece the other day put up on ESPN on the ramifications uh, of the people around the Ruggs incident and uh, how it has affected the family search for answers. It's coming up next year on Cofield and Company. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Thomas and Mack. All right, guys, live from the NBA Summer League. Adam Hill has joined the set for a couple of minutes. Tracy McGrady coming up in a, in a few. We'll discuss uh, one of his most recent endeavors. But tease to this, and it's a little bit more of a serious topic, but uh, you sent this in, and this was the news of the day, that the uh, judge, Willie, has denied the motion to exclude Henry Ruggs' uh, BAC level. Uh, this is ESPN.com. Judge ruled Tuesday police indeed had probable cause to seek a warrant authorizing the drawing of blood from Ruggs to determine his blood alcohol concentration, reading 0.16%, twice the legal limit. Um, I mean, look, I'm not a big legal expert. I don't think I'm surprised by this, though. Either are you, no? A, a little. Only, I mean, it makes sense on the surface, right. right? He's going 156 miles an hour at 3.30 in the morning. You would think the first thing to do would be to test for what's in a system. I mean, as a layperson, as a somebody who doesn't understand the law, really, as you said, that yeah. would be what I think. Now, the issue that came up, and, and this is why I'm a little, not overly surprised, a very little bit surprised, is on the tape, the officer, one of the officers talking to another, and says, you know, he, he's looking for, you know, a, a, a test. And he said, well, what is our, you know, how are we going to get a warrant for that? What's our probable cause? So they, even at the time, were somewhat skeptical of whether they'd have probable cause uh, to do this. Now, apparently the counter argument was when Ruggs did arrive at the hospital, 
uh, after refusing a field sobriety test. Uh, his, his speech was slurred. Mm. Now, that's an easy thing to say. And, again, listen, not defending Henry Ruggs right. at all. Right. I'm just speaking from a purely legal perspective. If that was the case of they were having trouble seeing a warrant, I think an easy thing to do would be, well, we heard slurred speech. That's what gave us the justification. So, Mike, again, I just want to make sure to say, again, it's not a defense. I'm just, we're just speaking purely legal maneuvering. Right. Here. Well, my question, I guess, would be then, because you said when he got to the hospital, slurred speech. Uh, but at the scene is when they were looking to test him, right? So, like, when does a probable cause kick in? Is it retroactive? Yeah, well, they tested him at the hospital. Okay. All right. All right. And that's the other part of this case, that yeah. when we say his blood alcohol level is .16, twice the legal limit, it was more than two hours after the accident. Right. So, and, and, and I, again, I also don't know. What is the what do what does an officer have to see? Does it have to be you have to see a bottle? Do you have to smell alcohol? Do you what what quantifies probable cause in that case? And I know we've we've been able to talk to Justin about this stuff before, uh, but would the fact that he's on the side of the road sobbing and kind of going through this wide wide range of emotions, which you would expect in a situation like this, but is that enough to say maybe there's something? in his system that he's acting in this way. I, I don't know these things. Again, this is just the, the legal wranglings and maneuverings that we're going to follow as this case goes along. And uh, as we do that, I, I hope people you know, realize that that's all we're doing is breaking down legally, right. not you know not trying to find a way out or a loophole for Henry Ruggs to get off of this. Uh, this is the quote from Justice of the Peace, Ann Zimmerman. Uh, quote, there's obvious time constraints in applying for a search warrant for a blood draw. Under the totality of the circumstances, there is more than sufficient evidence for a finding of probable cause for the issuance of the search warrant in this case. Nobody's mentioned so far that Mr. Ruggs was seriously injured in this accident and transported to the hospital, so he would have been unable to submit to field sobriety tests. Coupled with his refusal to answer questions, this does not result in a reward. Motion to suppress is denied. Uh, he will have the ability to appeal that decision, so we'll see what comes of that. And they may do that. I mean, his legal team is obviously very, very highly regarded for what they do. Right. And right now we've had four delays in the preliminary hearing in this case. September 7th is the date right now. We'll see if a potential appeal of this hearing, uh, the ruling from this hearing, maybe pushes that back even further. Uh, you just, your heart breaks. You, you want you want the legal system to work in the way that it's supposed to work, and you want it to be fair for all sides, but your heart absolutely just breaks for the family once again who not only had to go through what they went through that night, and people talk about the night, every day they wake up. Right. Every day they have to wake up and deal with this, and the more this gets delayed, the more it gets pushed back. They've been in the court for all of this. They're there all the time, and they're having to hear this and having to hear the evidentiary you know, procedures and all of this stuff, and it's just it's brutal that this family has to continue to go through, through this as much as they do. And that was the subject of an ESPN piece, actually, that was uh, posted yesterday. Uh, and, uh, like, an excerpt of that, when you look at it, too, it mentions uh, all the postponements and m- members of the family saying even, quote, you can't imagine the pain. Uh, you don't even know how you feel anymore. You don't have feelings. And it speaks to the fact that they wonder uh, if justice will ever be served. And in fact, some of the family members going back and looking up uh, former cases of other celebrities and how light they got off and thinking that, hey, you know what, like maybe this is going to be the case of my family. Maybe this guy who is rich and has the power to do a lot of stuff that usually you know, normal people can't in terms of the resources in terms uh, for legal support, that maybe he's not going to get the punishment that the family feels that he deserves in this event. Yeah, and w- I mean, I, I think we've all seen examples right. of the legal system not working the same for the rich and powerful as it does for uh, everyday people, and that's one of the biggest flaws of the system that we have, but it, it is a system that we have. 
And one of the other things that we talked about a little bit yesterday, Adam, just to revisit, was they're also they felt that they had the support of the team based off Mark Davis coming out, Derek Carr coming out, and, and basically the players coming out, you know, that they felt for the family of Tina Tintor. But somewhat may have felt slighted when everybody also said that this is a time they're also not going to abandon their right. brother, you know, in, in terms of Henry Ruggs. And it's sort of just being there because this was a time where if any time when they're, if someone's at their lowest point that they need, the, they need their support system. And I think that, you know, as we spoke of yesterday, they felt slighted by that. Yeah, and I think you you feel for both sides in this, and, and I know how that sounds, but you do understand what the family is going through and what, what they're dealing with. And anytime anybody speaks about any part of this case, just just know that, of course, it goes without saying, even though we'll say it, of course every day you hurt for the family and think about the family and know what they're going through. Like that, That is a given. And if we have to repeat it 100 times, we will. But there is that aspect when, you know, your family member does something horrible. You still are there. You still love them. You've still been there around your whole uh, life, and, and it's tough. Yeah, and, and this is a hypothetical of, like, you know, Isabel and I talk all the time. We see some of these stuff, like these, we watch, like, a documentary or something like that. And, like, I'll be like, you know, like, what, would you, what would we do if Diego was that like that? We were watching some murder mystery documentary or whatever. Like, but, like, seriously, you know, when you yeah. talk about your family, like, it, that'd be such a weird position to be in. To have somebody up there that you care about doing something abhorrent like that and not knowing how to feel in a situation, you know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of you don't like the action, but the person who has done it is somebody that you've cared about for a very long time. It's got to be such a, it's got to be such a weird spot, a terrible brutal. Spot to be in. Yeah. I mean, to go and we see. I mean, it happens every day now, so it's commonplace. But if you're if your kid is a school shooter, yep. Like think about you've raised that kid. They've been around and. It's a disgusting, horrific act, and the kid should, most in most cases, be executed. And I think even the parents would probably feel that way. <laughs> Such a but wild, yeah. It's the, just um, imagine what they're going through. It, yeah. It's it's brutal. It's just a it's a brutal situation to be in for everybody. And of course, whenever we talk about this, the family is first, no mm-hmm. question. All right, we'll take our break here. Uh, Adam, thanks for coming around for a couple of minutes. NBA Summer League is the spot. Of course, Thomas and Mac, we're broadcasting live from the concourse. Uh, When we return, Tracy McGrady joins us. More of Cofield and Company is on the way. Now back to Cofield and Company, live from NBA Summer League. Jonathan Montalbo, Willie Ramirez, uh, really nice guy, Willie. Charging people's phones. You're a saint. I've been told that before. Yeah. Can you pronounce my last name again? Ramirez. Okay, because you muddled through that. Oh, did I? Yeah. yeah. What did I say? Ramirez? Yeah, you just, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> just kind of yeah. slept through it. Yeah. Hey, it happens. You're trying to stay on point. You're trying to stay on time. I, I, I get it. I also, I also might have been reading something while I was introducing us back. That's, okay. uh, that's part of the, uh, the danger of yeah. doing something like that uh, is where you're reading at the same time. And I've tried to pull it off before, but then most of the times when I speak, it just comes out as either nonsense or – I start saying out loud the thing that I'm reading, which is always something that's kind of a problem, you know? All right. Look, I'm trying to lead the ship. I'm doing the best that I can. Summer League action that is uh, underway at this point right now, by the way. Uh, we do have quite a few games uh, that are being played. The one that uh, I will just say, because I think there's parameters set on uh, saying certain things, that um, I like that the Toronto Raptors are up on the Utah Jazz. Toronto Raptors have an intriguing roster. Jazz, the lone undefeated team left in the NBA Summer League. Championship decided. Do you know how the champion is decided? This year? Yeah. No. 
top two teams in terms of record win percentage, and then they go by you know point differential, things like that. So, tournament's gone. Uh, yeah, tournament's oh, gone. Yeah. So it's it's a little tough. You really, if you care about the winner of the summer league, you're scoreboard watching, you're rooting for teams to lose. Clippers losing yesterday. Let's just say I'm down with it, even though I'm a Clippers fan. I don't think you really. You've been, but you've been point, You've been excited. You told me, and earlier in the show, I think you said you're excited about one game, and then you're, and then you That's put your stra- pointing Raptors, stuff Raptors, out. Raptors, so yeah, Raptors Jazz. Uh, two minutes, twenty four seconds left to go. That's the game right behind us. Sacramento OKC. That's the game too that I think a lot of people are intrigued by. OKC's young roster. Uh, there's a lot of fun there. A lot of really good pieces, and of course, Keegan Murray has. I don't know if you. I don't know what the degree is to take something by storm, uh, but Keegan Murray has done a really good job. And I think a lot of people are surprised by how effective he has been. And the Kings are taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder at this point. Um, and that is the cool thing I like about Summer League because I'm an NBA nerd. You get the sense of what the future is like for some of these teams, like multiple young kids on their roster. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, Grizzlies won Summer League, right? We know about that core that they had. I think it was John Morant's rookie year. And look at what they were last year in terms of being a top two seed in the Western Conference. Oklahoma City, I know they're a bad team, but if you watched them last year, they were a cover machine. And – the talent pops off, man. In a couple of years, OKC is going to be pretty freaking good. You've been out here since day one. You are an NBA gym rat. You put out one of the best game day reports uh, for Veasan in, in, in thanks, um, man. With your with your you know your daily reports with NBA and 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 whatnot. Um, there's something that I've I came to appreciate a few years back, and and, and you and I talked about this um, on a show. I think but you were on with Steve and I, and I always refer back to this. And it was one of the reasons why I, I said that I wouldn't mind seeing Kevin Durant go to the Memphis Grizzlies. But in 2019, um, Taylor Jenkins decided he was going to coach the summer league team yeah. before he even coached a regular season game because he wanted to sort of implement his system immediately because he knew that that young core, uh, John Morant didn't play, but – the influence that he had in doing that and then some of the veterans that were on the team that flew in for the team meetings and establishing that, I think that that's played into why we've seen the Memphis Grizzlies become a dangerous force. Um, I mean, obviously, John Miranda is a talent above, you know, a planet unto himself, mm-hmm. if you will. But I really like the fact that that's what Taylor Jenkins, he, he thrust himself in with the rookie. Hey, I'm a rookie coach. We're going to grow and learn together. Um is there is there something that you saw this year that where that's going to stand out that you feel could maybe with a young coach we didn't see that this year as far as a coach but yeah. that could implement with one of the rosters? Yeah, I think like it's it's Oklahoma City and having that core together playing together right because there's there's rookies on the team but there's also guys going into their second year which helps like a Josh King type right. uh, that's always going to help the continuity with some of the young guys that are going to be available on the roster and also a team like Detroit. I think Detroit's up there, too, in terms of the young talent that they have. Now, you'd like to see more of, like, Jaden Davey, who got injured and didn't want to really play, but they don't want to be out there anymore. But I think Detroit is also pretty intriguing because they've got some senior guys on that roster, but their first-year guys look pretty good, too. And that's what I like about this when you're talking about that is you're spinning this forward. Not only do you have those guys playing, remember on the Pistons roster, technically, Kate Cunningham was on the roster, Sadiq Bay was on the roster, Stewart was on the roster, he played the yep. first game. Um, these are guys that are practicing together now the scenes as well. They're on right. the roster so they can practice. Right. So they don't necessarily play in these games, but a team like Detroit might hit the ground running by the time you get to the regular season because not only did you have the guys practice in the offseason, you get the preseason, these guys have now played together for a little bit by going to the, uh, the regular season, and that's a team in Detroit that I think actually has some like play-in game 
postseason yeah. aspirations potentially. Right, and and you don't come out of the summer league with a team, you know, with with your your favorite team that's been sort of cellar dwelling for years and expect an NBA championship immediately. But what you are looking for, like you said, is that that play-in material, that eight seed that possibly all of a sudden plays a threat. Um, and that's where you see. And I think that's, it's like you said, that's that's what's important is growing that, you know, you have your veterans that are experienced, like right, right with the Warriors in that core. But those younger teams that are growing together and can stay together for X amount of time, because they all started when the when the franchise was nothing and they were at the bottom and that's what's kind of cool to see and that's why I've been enjoying watching the Memphis Grizzlies for the past few years. Yep. You also get a sense too of it's not like an end all be all uh, but you know the rookie of the year race and how these guys might pan out by the time you get to the regular season. And there are some dudes too that we talk about this right summer league really doesn't mean anything. Success could really mean nothing. Failure could be nothing. Right. Jabari Smith Jr. getting off to a slow start in the summer league. I think a lot of people Adam told the story uh, of a of a uh, media member down at press row after the first quarter of the first summer league game, leaning over to an executive saying, "Told you Jabari Smith Jr. sucked." Right. I think it's it's one quarter of a developmental relax. type of game. Yeah, yeah. relax. Yeah. And there's something to be said of a guy like Jabari Smith Jr. playing with a backcourt like he's going to have in Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. I mean, that game's going to open up for him by the time he gets to the regular season. It's going to be so much better. Yeah, and I, I think it was was it 2018. I think it was 2018, the Blazers and Lakers rematch from 2017, and the stars of that team, mm. LaMelo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, neither one around. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, you know, it's the summer isn't always telling, but it can be with the right situation, the right core, the right front office, the right coach. And so a lot of these younger ones where you have a collective group that are working together, those are the ones you really want to look for, and that's where you're going to find your sleepers. Yep. It's all, I mean, let's just be honest. It's just cool. I like the sport of basketball. Yeah, you do love it. So, so it is cool to just kind of check it out and, um, you know, just watch some hoops. And speaking of watching some hoops, uh, we've got more hoops that are coming down uh, later this week out in Henderson. Let's bring in Tracy McGrady, uh, of course, Hall of Famer, uh, but also working on another endeavor. Tracy, we appreciate some time today. Uh, let our listeners know what's going down at the Dollar Loan Center uh, later this week. Man, I'm about to make somebody $250,000 richer. That's what's going down. <laughs> My OBL league is uh, we're here in town this weekend for the OBL championships. Uh, uh, throughout this season, started back in May. We've been to six cities. This is our seventh. And guys have been grinding it out each city. We have 22 players here that have, have competed in our OBL, um, call it the uh, like a trial season, if you will. And, um, you know, we here and giving out $250,000 to the top player to come out of here. And if I'm not mistaken, the top four seeds, we got Isaiah Brown out of Queens, New York, John Jordan out of Houston, Glenn Rice Jr., Marriott of yeah. Georgia, Mario Smith, Michigan. They have earned the top four seeds as the Ones Basketball League, and this is the uh, the first ever elite competition, right, That's uh, for, for one-on-one. So those are the top four seeds. What, what has impressed you most about what you've seen and you're looking forward to most, uh, I think, Friday are the matchups, correct, the, 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 um, yes. the first set of matchups? Yes, sir. I think what impressed me most is how much these guys love this platform. I mean, these guys play basketball every single day and some of these guys actually have their own like underground leagues in their their hometowns but to be on i think to be on this platform and for them to see where it's headed and what it has done for these guys thus far 
Uh, just to get the reviews back, I mean, that has, to me, you know, it's, it's, it's been the bright spot of all of this because I only did this to really give these guys this platform to elevate themselves. I mean, everybody can't play in the NBA. It's only 450 guys. So to know that there's a, a, a ocean of talent that's untapped and these guys can play at a high level and they appreciate this opportunity, to me, that's what it's about. And you know what it kind of reminds me of in terms of, like, in the old days when I remember when <laughs> in 1995 I was brought in to cover the Adidas Big Time Tournament. It was the very first one. Sonny Vaccaro brought it here, and it was supposed to be the year of the big man. Lester Earl, uh, Timmy Thomas, they were all coming to Vegas for the turn with their with their AAU teams, right? And back then there were only two big ones, the, the, the Adidas Big Time, and it came to rival the Nike. But the ABCD camp, was an individual camp, and there was a young man that happened to stand out in that ABCD camp in Teaneck, New Jersey, before he came here and stole the show and said, oh, no, 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 big man, I'm stealing the show. And his name happened to be Kobe Bryant, and I know you remember that. But it sort of reminds me that because you have – your individual tournament going on this this uh, this OBL where, where it's one on one showcasing a talent. It's like you're going to a camp. Oh, and across the way you have the NBA summer league. Yes, sir. Now I was listen. What you described was my journey as well. Going to ABCD for you know on the show, and then coming out here for the summertime, uh, playing in big time. Like I, I did that too as well. Um, but yeah, now I, I think it's just you know really a great opportunity for these guys that's participating in OBL. Uh, we're just fortunate enough to be having it here, you know, during summer league where there's a lot of action going on. There's a lot of good uh, eyeballs to to put on these guys and potentially give them another opportunity outside of OBL. So you know the the NBA is here. We will have some guys coming over. Probably have some execs coming over and. You know, it's it's all eyes on these guys, and hopefully somebody is lucky enough to, you know, possibly get a shot, you know, to be on a G League team or, or something. I wouldn't mind that. Tracy, you talk about your journey. I want to bring something up because I thought yesterday, you know, there was a lot of things that Adam Silver brought up yesterday, but one of the things that sort of just, I think it fell by the wayside because of a lot of the other topics he was talking about, but he mentioned how much he was interested in getting back to the, or eliminating the age restriction and getting back to high school, the jump from high school to the NBA. And, you know, if the commissioner says he wants something and he brings it up and he's interested in implementing it, he's probably going to get it. You are a proven success. I mentioned Kobe Bryant. The year before that it was Kevin Garnett. Your thoughts on returning where high school players, if they want to make that immediate jump, they can. Yeah, I'm an advocate of that. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have a biased answer because, you know, I did and I was pretty successful at making that jump. I think with the rules and and everything that's going on nowadays that these guys can put their name in that hat. But if they're not drafted, um, also having the ability to go back to college. So with this NIL deal, um, I think that should, you know, really give these guys the opportunity to make that jump. Uh, with these guys making money in high school and on a collegiate level now. So um, I, I just think it, it's good because there are some really, really talented guys that I think could make that jump. Now, it's not for everybody, but, you know, these execs, that's what they're good at, you know, noticing talent. So we'll see uh, what goes on with that. All right. So, Trey, 
Tracy, the uh, the other part of this too uh, that Adam Silver brought up, and this has been the the era of player empowerment, right? And guys moving and and you know it used to be actually a couple years ago was sign one and ones and then have the ability to go wherever you want. Uh, now we see what's going on with Kevin Durant, four year extension, but still want to get out of here. Uh, where are you at in terms of watching some of these players? And the player empowerment is there, but at the same time, the folks who say if you make a commitment, you got to stick to that commitment if you sign a contract. Yeah, I think it, every situation is different. With KD's situation, um, you know, he didn't sign up for that. I'm just going to tell you right now, all that stuff that went on with Brooklyn, yeah. even if he has three or four years left on his deal, like he, he deserves to have an out on everything that transpired there in, in, in Brooklyn. I mean, this guy is – all he wants to do is play basketball. All the other stuff, KD's not – he's not about that. He just wants some guys to come in, you know, lace them up every night with him and, 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 and compete. Now, you know – some other players that I won't name the names, you know, just coming in, you know, training camp out of shape, quitting on his team when they gave him <laughs> everything that he wanted for a championship run. It didn't happen for him. And then, you know, he bailed out on his team and wanted to go elsewhere. And, you know, I, I'm not with that. You know what I mean? I, I think you're in a great situation and the team does everything that you ask them to do. Stick with it. <laughs> So the, the league is always trying to evolve, and Silver's been pretty progressive in terms of changing things, right? He, he adds the play-in tournament. Uh, they shift up, of course, and this was quite a few years ago now, but the, uh, the lottery odds for teams to avoid some of this tanking. Now we get talks of, of an in-season tournament. What do you make of the league's efforts to kind of get this regular season to be worthwhile more for players and get players more involved? It depends on what the incentives are, but the thoughts of an in-season tournament and trying to get some of these players more dedicated to playing a vast majority of the 82 games as opposed to resting. Yeah, you know, I actually, I wasn't a fan of the, the play-in game until this season. I really enjoyed watching it. It kind of brought me back to, like, March Madness and one and done and, and watching, you know, Minnesota and Memphis and those guys go at it. It was really great basketball. It's, you know, high-level high, high level basketball, very intense, and it just felt like a playoff game. So um, I'm all about it, you know, giving some of these teams opportunities uh, to, to, to make the playoffs, and, you know, it, it, it brings exciting basketball, which, you know, in the regular season you don't have too many games like that, but that, you know, the play-in game really does it for me. You know, and the WNBA has installed a, a sort of yep. in-season tournament, the Commissioner's Cup, where each team plays 10 within their conference, and then the two this year it's going to be Las Vegas at Chicago. Um, I want to talk to you real quick just to, just before we let you go, just on, on your thoughts with the WNBA because, you know, I feel like the brand is growing rapidly in the last couple of years, but they're still so far behind when it comes to certain things that the players probably deserve a little bit more. I'm not going to touch on the money stuff, the salary. I mean, that's an easy slam dunk that obviously they got to find. But flights. It's the number one thing that stands out. They do not get charters. they got to fly with the public. Um, for instance, uh, the Mystics, they played in overtime here in Vegas. They had a flight. They had like an hour to get to the airport, and yep. they had to split their flights to fly with the public. Um, just your input on, on you know, how they – I think collectively the NBA and WNBA needs to do better to sort of treat these ladies like the professionals they are. Yeah, that that is tough. You know, it's tough on the body when you have to travel like that. And I'm not I'm not going to even lie. I don't know if I would have been able to do that, um, play you know two or three overtimes, and then have to rush to the airport, um, get on a a commercial flight, land in that city, and and wait for transportation. Like it, it's tough. These they deserve better. Um, it's getting better. Who knows when it's going to click to where, you know, these girls are getting everything that they deserve as professional athletes. But I have to give them credit because 
you know, the performance is not showing um, that on the basketball court. I mean, these, these girls are highly skilled, playing at a high level, uh, providing great content and, and great skill work on the basketball court. So hopefully, you know, the NBA and the WNBA can figure that out for these women because they do deserve better. All right, Tracy, before we get you out of here, let's bring this back to, to OBL. And we, we've touched on what the event is going to be like, but I'm curious from a basketball standpoint, there, there's got to be a cool intimacy to watching two dudes go at it because there's a little bit more ferocity when you know the guy in front of you is just the one that you've got to beat as opposed to a team of five and so many moving parts. Oh, man, it's mano a mano. You know, let's, let's lace yep. them up and see, you know, who, who's the better man. And that's what I love. It's, it's sort of like boxing or UFC style. Uh, to see, you know, who the better man. You, you out there on the island by yourself, it's great competition. These guys are highly skilled. And to play one-on-one basketball, guys, you got to be wired differently to be out there <laughs> with no help, and it's just you and the guy in front of you. So um, it has been, you know, a tremendous blessing to be able to watch these guys every weekend. I'm a fan of these guys, and, you know, for what they're providing, um you know, for basketball fans and, and people that don't like basketball fans are, are loving this, you know, competition of what we provided for them. So it's, I'm excited about this, this weekend. I'm sure it's going to be an emotional weekend for somebody because $250,000, if you don't have to, you know, share that with anyone, that is, uh, that is that's pretty cool. All right, we're going to get you out of here. Trace, let everybody know there's live streams of this action. They can see it. Where at? Let them know. All platforms is OBL platforms, um, and and Twitter we got Facebook, uh, Instagram, Slam, uh, Twitter, Facebook. It's we're everywhere. So please check us All right, out. So Google. Definitely, and we're going to tweet it out for you as well. OBL, Slam, Playmaker, all the uh, social media channels. Tracy McGrady, the great Tracy McGrady, I should say. We really appreciate you spending some time here on Cofield & Company. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Tracy McGrady again, one's basketball league, one-on-one league. OBL final set for July 15th to the 16th at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. All right, we'll take our break, come back, wrap up Cofield & Company. Oh, what are we, we going to shake for? No? no, no, we're not going to break. We're going we're to stay here, and then we're going to say goodbye. Oh, we're okay. we're just going to roll with you. Know, uh, so okay, one okay. thing that we didn't get a touch on, um, we didn't get a chance to touch on um, earlier because we had Adam on. We were talking about some other stuff. But tomorrow, the Las Vegas Aces play at 8 a.m. Oh, you know yes. So first off, the, the game itself, you can walk through it all. You touched on this with Tracy in terms of the growing popularity of the WNBA. Uh, I'm one of those that has kind of gotten a little bit more into it. The Aces have totally helped because they're good, and I like to watch them play. Uh, but walk through that. And also, I'm going to ask you, the struggles that we have seen from their bench and a little bit of a lull they got into right before the, the uh, All-Star game, how legitimate is this in terms of their issues? Well, I, I, the, the bench issues are clearing up because – Becky has done is she started to put her rotation in. She started to put the reserves in, and they're getting more time, and you're seeing the production. The problem that they really had is just defensive struggles because teams have figured out what they're doing, and they're figuring out how to sort of just control off the pick and roll and that they're not necessarily defending too great off of screens. Um, They're they're breaking them down in man-to-man defense. So it's – or woman-to-woman, I should say. Um, So – 
I think the teams are just – and the other thing is they're getting better. I've said this time and time again. The other teams are catching up. Yep. It's not – I mean, you know, yesterday the power – or a couple of year, days ago the powers that were – or no, it was yesterday – Vegas, Washington, Seattle, Chicago, they all won. Today, Connecticut, right? So they needed a break. But Minnesota's getting better. The Liberty are getting better. So the, the parity's panning out. Minnesota beat Phoenix yesterday in overtime, and all of a sudden, that Western Conference below Vegas and Seattle, those four teams are all battling. They're going to be battling for, for, another, for a playoff spot. Yep. So I think teams are just catching up. They're getting better. Um, I, I don't necessarily – unless they start really faltering defensively um, – as the season continues, then they're going to have a problem. But I think that they're going to work it out. They're going to have some home games. Remember, they started with a home-heavy schedule. Right. They've been playing on the road, the travel. So it's it's more uh, – Becky's just going to figure it out. A rematch with Liberty tomorrow morning? 8 a.m. Yeah. So make sure you turn – I kind of like the early games because it gives me something to watch in the morning. I wonder if they like it, though. Uh, well, it's 11 <laughs> o'clock Eastern time, so – it's got to be a little tough on the body, at least when you're on the when you're from the West Coast for something. Yeah. So that's going to be pretty interesting. And also, these revenge spots from a, a betting standpoint, in the WNBA they have been pretty interesting opportunities for the team that is looking for that revenge. I might and, have to do a little JBT style report. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have, I'd be interested. I'd read it, man. And especially with it, I this, went two and zero yesterday. This has been a look at that, huh? Yeah. See, to, don't 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 bet I'm again. Not to, I'm not. To, <laughs> I was gonna say, don't bet again. You're undefeated. You're yeah, good. It's too late. I lost. Today. Yeah. All right. All right. That does it for Cofield the Company live from the Thomas and Mack Center for Summer League. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, in the same spot. Until then, LVSportsNetwork.com.